0: What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate.
1: Chevron 7 Lock.
0: Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 168. And we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Sacrifices!
1: Sacrifices!
0: So many sacrifices were made, Zach! I know! Like, fortunately, uh, none of them were child sacrifices. No. Uh, let's see here. What was sacrificed? We sacrificed a god
1: well did did we sacrifice the god or did we just kill the god
0: yes um and hi friends uh you can hear all this insightful impactful insights by listening to our little show which you're doing right now and we're an independent podcast there's no other place on earth you'll be able to hear this level of of of, of banter nowhere else like we're the only
1: place zach and we are the only place that you can hear <laughs> break and Zach banter like this. <laughs> yes. And we can't be bought. Nope. Cannot. Uh, but we
0: can. Uh, you, you can contribute. So <laughs> if, uh, if you'd like to support what we're doing, uh, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com slash walking through. Very, very clever name, but it's probably easiest if you go to our website, wtts.space. Space. Space. And you click on the coffee coffee cup icon in the bottom right corner there. You can buy a coffee or two or three or five or whatever you want. You can also sign up for what they call memberships, which is a recurring monthly thing if that's what you really want to do. And uh, every little bit helps. And we thank you very much for that. And if you have friends, family, enemies, acquaintances, pets, uh, non be rocks, um, planetoids, uh, perhaps some uh, nebulas, or even cluster galaxies that you think would like to listen to our show, you can tell them that they can find us just about anywhere you were. You can find a podcast, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Higher Heart Radio podcasts, Amazon podcasts uh, on the site, WTTS.space. Space. There's <laughs> a little player at the bottom left and podcast aggregators. So you can go to what I use is Overcast. There's also, uh, what else is there? Pocket Casts and Stitch. I think Stitcher, whatever. doesn't matter. You can, there's plenty. And then you can just type in Walking Through the Stargate and you'll find us. They will find us. This galaxy will find us. So, Zach. Yes, Britt if a person wants to reach out and let us know that uh, it's actually impossible for uh, galaxies to listen to podcasts, um, there's no way for them to actually obtain the ones and zeros needed to transcode it using digital audio uh, conversion into ways that then could be perceived because there's also no evidence that they actually perceive sound like we perceive sound. So it would just be doubly not worth it. How might they reach out and uh, let us know about the nuances of, uh, of, of, of the galaxy?
1: So, if you have a good friend who is also a galaxy, and you are listening to Brent's <laughs> dear words of disparaging the hearing quality of your friend galaxy, you can correct Brent by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargateatgmail.com at laughter
0: yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I, I suppose I could. Oh, you, awesome.
1: can, you, you can also <laughs> visit us on Facebook. We got a Facebook page and a Facebook group uh, where you can join conversations there, post weird memes, uh, yep. add your predictions to the th- feeds every week, and so on and so forth. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is, as Brent said, WTTS.space. Space. space. And that will get you all of the fun things like the RSS feed for the podcast and the buy me a coffee link and uh, grilled cheese recipes and the like. Uh
0: yeah. Is,
1: is, is, think. is the grilled cheese recipe on there? I'm
0: Actually, not sure. I think that's actually on the discords.
1: Oh, okay. Well, anyway, that was the next thing. You can also find the link to the Discord on the website, uh, and and that's where much of our social media communication and fellowship and community happens. Yes, there. Yes. Uh, so that's the best place to get a hold of us and have some good conversations on a variety of topics. So go to the website, hit the link, and do that. Hmm. So Brent. Yeah. We. Have an introduction at under five minutes. It's four and a half minutes. Wow! I know. We're just getting faster and faster. I pretty know, soon, which is exciting. It'll be but really. that gives us more time to talk about the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, and not talk about a joke about making a faster intro.
1: That's exactly right. <laughs> so let's dig into sacrifices, shall we? Yes, let's All get right. into it. So the director for Sacrifices is Andy mm-hmm. Uh This is his third of seven directing credits this season. He did Episodes 1 and 2 of the season, New Order Parts 1 and 2, mm-hmm. uh, and he's got four more as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. The teleplay for this episode is none other than Christopher Judge. Uh-huh. This is his only writing credit this season, uh-huh. and it is also his last writing credit for SG-1. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, we uh, say thank you very much, Christopher, for your storytelling prowess with this episode mm-hmm. and such we have a ton of guest actors that we need to mention yeah uh we have jolene blaylock returning as ishta we've got yep. tony Amendola walking through the stargates own yeah tony Amendola, friend of the show yeah friend of the show who does braytech uh <laughs> neil dennis <laughs> uh-huh. uh plays ryak yeah uh it's really really cool to watch him grow up on the show he started you know in the first season yeah. when we saw him he was like a an eight or ten year old boy and, and yeah. now he's a young adult at this point in time. Uh that's cool. Gary Jones makes a an appearance in uh as what Master Sergeant Walter Harriman. He is yep. also friend of the show friend Gary the show. Jones. That's right. Uh Simone Bailey uh returns as Kalel. She's uh-huh. one of the uh Hocktail people. Dan Payne shows up as yep. a Jaffa. Uh uh-huh. okay. I don't know if you noticed him. Not, explicitly. Uh, well, I mean, Dan Dan Payne was the one who, um, uh, that Tilk beat up when, when he was going to the, uh, um, uh, the, the UAV, right. The, the Jaffa. Uh, Okay.
0: No, I, I believe you. I just don't remember that
1: exact minute. Uh, Dan Shea a Sergeant Siler is, uh, in the background there in places. In the foreground for a minute. In the foreground, yep. Like we seconds. have yeah. also uh, Mercedes de la Zelda. Is it Zelda? I, I may have Zerda. Sorry, uh, <laughs> it my That's like it yeah. wasn't. I, didn't, I knew it wasn't Zelda, but my auto—I didn't notice it when my auto correct changed that. Sure, yep. Mercedes de la Zerda. Uh-huh. Uh, this is her mini bio by Anon. Anon, okay. Mercedes de la Zerta was born in Vancouver, B.C., Canada, and started acting at 15. She is known for her work in John Tucker Must Die, mm. Radio Rebel, and Hemlock Grove. Mm-hmm. After graduating high school, Mercedes volunteered in Santiago, Chile for 18 months. Mm-hmm. In 2014, Mercedes graduated from the University of British Columbia with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in theater acting. Okay. Um, this, her first IMDb credit was in 2001, uh, in the series Cold Squad. She uh-huh. was the nanny in the episode called "The Nanny."
0: Ooh, the eponymous nanny. Yes, there is that you the right way to pronounce it? Epidim- I don't Epidim- know. Eponymous. Sure. Yeah. Yep. self type, self-named, or not self-named. Whatever. Self, Carry on. Yeah. The,
1: the the titular. Yes, yes, (laughs) indeed. All right, we have Royston Innes, who plays Uh Moloch. Yep. And Anonymous wrote Royston's uh, mini bio on IMDb, and it goes something like this. Okay. Moved to New York City at 19 years of age, firstly studied theater at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, then two years with renowned director Michael Nichols, at the new actors workshop, both full time.
0: That that's it. That's it. That's
1: <laughs> it. OK, wow. <laughs> I tell you
0: what, I bet you with a bio like that, he's just getting calls all the time.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of acting credits, um, but his first acting credit was uh, in the TV series Farscape. Mm hmm. He played PK Doctor in 2002 in the episode Into the Lion's Dead Part 1, Lambs to the Slaughter. Uh-huh. So, uh, there will be other connections with Stargate and Farscape uh, to be di- discovered later. Okay. Uh, and then finally, I want to uh, mention Jeff Judge, who plays Aeron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of information about him other than he is the younger brother of Christopher
0: Judge. Huh. Okay.
1: Nice. Um, and we will see Aaron again in future SG-1 episodes. Yeah. Good. And, uh, this is in fact his only IMDB acting credit. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, his brother got him a gig. He, he, he did it for a few episodes and then... Good went and did something else. How's that was that. That was that. The original air date for Sacrifices was September 10, 2004. Uh huh. Um, this would have been roughly one year, Brent, before we met. Uh, that's right. Yep. Counting okay. down. Uh, counting down. It's coming up. Uh, the number one um, music in the charts. People in the U.S. were listening to "Goodies" by Kiera, Kira Kira, uh, featuring PD Pablo. I
0: have no idea what song that was.
1: Um, well, it's it's goodies. Yeah, there's it's lots. Of, it's probably about about cupcakes and muffins and candy.
0: Bet you it is about muffins. <laughs> I don't know if I can just leave at it or not. Okay, anyway, carry on. Uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> I'll let you decide that later on. Uh-huh. <laughs> in the UK, they were listening to My Place slash Flap Your Wings by Nelly.
0: Uh, I, I mean, I, Nelly was huge, but I don't know this song either.
1: I don't know this song either. But it was, def- you know what? I think in the background, they actually built the beat for this episode on the, the sound recordings of various birds flapping their wings. Could be.
0: And I've also learned a thing or two after all this time uh, dealing with the UK number ones. Those are going to be two different songs. And I don't know what they do with their, their chart things, but, like, like whatever. I think we'll just go with My Place. We'll just play My Place. Oh, My okay. Place is playing.
1: My Place. My Place is playing. So that's a wonderful place to have an apocalypse. Um. Uh, because Resident (laughs) Evil Apocalypse is number one on the charts. Okay. And when you have a zombie apocalypse, what you need are cellular phones to call your friends. Cellular Mm. is number two. Okay. And it's a problem when you're dealing with apocalypse if you are without a paddle, because whenever you're dealing with zombies, you need something to whack the the zombies with. So don't get caught without a paddle. Yeah. And if that. you win, you are the hero. Oh, yes. True. You know Yes. Uh-huh. And when you become the hero after the zombie apocalypse, uh, they make you a princess. And you write oh. diaries, the princess diaries. And apparently it's your second volume of princess uh-huh. diaries uh-huh. Okay. where you talk about the royal engagement. Who you're getting engaged to doesn't matter.
0: But uh-huh. you are
1: getting engaged with the princess diaries. I see. I see. Very interesting. There you go. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Uh, so with that, I will shift gears to talk about what happened around this time. OK, so uh, September 7, a few days before this episode aired, uh, Hurricane Ivan, a category five hurricane uh, hit Grenada. Mm-hmm. killing 39 and damaging 90% of the buildings.
0: Whoa, that is a big number.
1: That is a huge number. And the fact that it damaged that, met, that percentage of the buildings and only 39 people died is actually pretty amazing. Yeah, indeed. But still, that's a big deal. On September 8th, uh, the NASA unmanned spacecraft Genesis crash lands when its parachute fails to open. Mm.
0: And then Spock gets reborn.
1: Ah, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Genesis! Planet <laughs> Genesis forbidden! <laughs> so for all of you dear listeners, uh, that is a reference to uh, Star Trek up. 3. Ah, make them look it up. Alright, if you want more information than that, go look it up. Go watch the movie. Yeah, you, you, well, you, see, to be fair, you have to watch Star Trek 2 and then yes. Star Trek 3. Yes. And then after that, since Star Trek 3 isn't very good, watch Star Trek 4.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah you got to watch 4. That's right.
1: Um, and those three kind of create a singular uh, narrative.
0: Yeah. And you don't need to watch one. And
1: I mean, you know, one is really good if what you want are visuals of the Starship Enterprise.
0: Which is what they wanted to do. But it's not that good for story.
1: And that's true although it's really impressive at the time because the Voyager probes had just uh, been launched at that point in time, and it was a nod to what was happening in space exploration at the time. Spoilers. I didn't talk about anything. (laughs) You know, spoiling a movie that came out before I was born. (laughs) No, it wasn't quite that. It's not quite that old. It was
0: before me, though.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure exactly when... The motion picture came 79,
0: out seventy nine, I think.
1: Is yeah, so I, yeah. I I was alive. Um, yeah, but not but not Star by Trek. much. No, uh, I wasn't remembering much.
0: No, all certainly right. not the ending of Star Trek the motion picture.
1: No, 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 no. Um, on September thousand four, uh, all passengers are killed when a helicopter crashes in the Aegean Sea. The passengers include Patriarch Peter the Seventh of Alexandria. Hmm. And 16 others, including journalists and bishops of the Greek Orthodox Church. I don't remember that. I I don't remember that either, but that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, Also, of course, September 11, 2004 would have been the third anniversary of the attacks in New York and Washington and Pennsylvania. Uh Uh-huh. September 12... The Detroit Lions beat the Chicago Bears 20 to 16 at Soldier Field to snap their NFL record 24 game road losing streak.
0: Wow, man. The Lions were bad.
1: Yes, they were bad. This year, they actually
0: game road losing streak. That's 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 like three seasons not quite that's like two at least Uh, no no,
1: that is three seasons of losing road games wow oh boy that's a lot yeah uh and and unfortunately they had to beat the bears which makes me sad because i'm a bears fan but sure but you know you know well this is such as it is such as it Um, is. i do have some trivia for this episode okay um, Christopher Judge originally intended the script to be more comical and gave it the working title My Big Fat Jaffa Wedding.
0: Yeah. Let's stick a pin in that.
1: All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that. Um, so at the start of the uprising against Moloch, Teal constructs Aaron to point a visible, steady red laser at the targets to guide the incoming missiles. Yeah. Now, laser designators at this point in time. Well, in 2004 use invisible lasers that emit a pattern pulse of light yeah at and at that time uh the smallest designator would have been about 15 pounds yeah
0: but this is using uh alien technology and as a result it is visible
1: um No, the the UAV is fully American U.S. ingenuity. No, the laser designator. That's still from the UAV.
0: No, I'm saying like, uh, yeah, but they were that. Look, look, Zach, you're telling me that in a space fantasy show, we can't imagine that in space fantasy, they have space fantastically made their laser emitter smaller and visible.
1: Well, I mean, (laughs) my question is, why would you make it visible? Other than for a television show, so that you for can the, see the guy going, what's this thing on my chest? For, oh, crap. There's a missile coming at my face. For
0: humor. That one... That, anyway, carry
1: on. All right. I, I, <laughs> I, I speak these words because it makes it fun to, to talk. He's, I mean, you you know, speak I... speak
0: these I, words because somebody wrote them down, and it is technically a thing of like, hey, wouldn't you know it? They, they used a laser pointer instead of what they should have used, which was yeah. a pair of binoculars.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, I... I, I'm totally cool to run with a ride, but, you know, there you go. Um, then at the beginning of this, Dr. Jackson, when he's babbling to uh, O'Neill, uh, mentions that the Jaffa are trying to recruit soldiers into the fifth column. Right. Um, which is, of course, used to refer to rebels undermining an organization from within. Right. Uh, and apparently it originated in the Spanish Civil War. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I I didn't look into a lot of detail on that, um, but uh, there you go. Yep, there you Um, go. So if you know more information about that, let me know, because it'd be cool. Um, Okay, Uh, this episode title is Sacrifices. Yes. In other language, the French and the Spanish is also Sacrifices. Okay. Uh, The Czech, call it... Uh, it's either casualties or sacrifices. It's a word that can mean mm-hmm. both. Okay. The Hungarians are also sacrifices. The Germans call it the expulsion. I'm not uh, quite sure where that comes from. Expulsion. Okay. All right. Um, and the French call it discords.
0: Ah, hey, discords. That's what you're going. The uh, discords. Yeah, you can get all of our little community thing on the discords.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you go. So there you go. Brent. Yes. Are you ready for the synopsis for sacrifices? I am ready. All right, here we go. To begin, I need you to be careful how you greet another person. How's your day could receive a monologue of biblical proportions? (laughs) You are far safer going with something like, yo. 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 Anyway, Daniel and Jack are are talking and walking on their way to the embarkation room. Once there, they greet Teal'c and Braytac as they return from a visit with the Hocktail Resistance. Teal'c's eyes burn with the heat from a thousand suns. He has been betrayed by those most close to him. Braytac takes a time to explain. Well, there's too much. He sums up. (laughs) Ryak is in love. (laughs) <laughs> and has been pledged to marry Corinne in just a few days. Marriage. Marriage <laughs> is what brings us together in this episode.
0: <laughs> Marriage.
1: The blessed arrangement. The dream with... Anyway.
0: The dweeb within a dweeb.
1: <laughs> Suffice it to say, Tilk thinks that Ryak is too young for this blessed arrangement, uh-huh. with, with, and it will distract him from his duties with the Jaffa rebellion. Not too long later, Ishta arrives with urgent news Haktil has been compromised, and they need to find a new planet to remain hidden from the Guawuld Moloch. Remember, folks, the Bible prohibits sacrificing your children to Moloch. So don't do it. (laughs) Is that where the title comes from? Uh, Possibly. Uh Um, But it is actually true that Moloch is named in the Bible. And it specifically talks about don't sacrifice your children to Moloch. Apparently, apparently you can sacrifice your children to other other gods, just not Moloch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm just doing what it says. It says, do not sacrifice to Moloch.
1: I'm not. All right. (laughs) All right. Anyway, O'Neal invites the Hactel community to take refuge at the SGC while Carter searches the database for an appropriate planet for the group. Now, this isn't really a big deal, except for all of the horses. Yeah. And the smell that comes with the horses and the fact that now Ryak and Kirin's wedding will be at the SGC. Now. Tilk visits Ishta in her new quarters, uh, or temporary quarters, or whatever it is. Tilk believes she has been avoiding him, but she says that he must have no respect for her because Ryak is marrying a warrior, and that is that is not worthy of his father's respect. And she trained the warrior, and therefore she doesn't respect he doesn't respect her. Uh, but Tilk makes it clear that he simply believes he ha- he as in Ryak has too much life ahead to make such a rash decision so early. But Ishtar re- argues that as Teal'c had no choice but to break away from his own family to serve, Ryak should have the authority to do the same, break away from his family to blah, blah, blah. Also, yeah. they disagree about how to wage war against the Wold. yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Carter finds this a suitable planet for Ishtar's people, but it will take about a week to set up a nice, lovable camp and all that stuff, which means the wedding will happen. And Braytak will officiate. Now, Ryak, you put the wreath on her head like this, and Karin, you put the necklace around his neck like that. And now we'll light this fire. And now the bride will kneel in respect to her husband, kneel at her at her husband's feet. Wait just a minute. Does he not have to kneel also at my feet? I won't marry him if he doesn't kneel at my feet too. Wait a second. You dishonor me if you don't do as tradition dictates and kneel! Mm-hmm. The two storm off in opposite directions. And this, dear listeners, is why you rehearse the wedding ahead of time.
0: And have a big drink of ceremonial wine.
1: Indeed. Ishta receives a communication from J- to the Jaffa resistance, from the Jaffa who are resisting Moloch. Uh, they need to gather, and so naturally, they choose the brand new location for their new secret base. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> As things are progressing for this meeting, Ishta goes to talk to Karin about Jaffa men and Ryak and stuff, and elsewhere, Braytac does the same to talk to, with Ryak about Jaffa women and blah, 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 blah. They have the conversation. At the summit, the Jaffa soldiers report that, a number of re- the, that the number of rebels are growing too large to conceal, and they must attack Moloch soon, or they will simply be discovered and destroyed. But Tilk is there, and he urges them to see the bigger picture. The war is not simply against Moloch, but against all the Guawuld. Unfortunately, Moloch's loyal Jaffa get wind of this whole shindig and ambush the summit. Most of the Jaffa in the tent were killed. However, Tilk and Ishta and Aran escape and they flee into the woods. Woo! Into the yes. woods. In the woods, Ishta and Tilk realize that neither of them have their Tritonin. Tilk's vial was broken when he like, landed on his chest. You know, here's. Yep. Don't have big, beefy chests so you can save your Tritonin. Yes. <laughs> uh, Ishta, however, left hers in her bag in the tent during the ambush. So. That's going on. In addition, O'Neill opens the Stargate and begins to complain to Tilk that he missed his curfew. But as the gate is guarded with dozens of Jaffa, O'Neill gives his friend a pass. Mm. And then waits for more news from Tilk later on on how to mount an appropriate rescue mission. That night, our heroes rest, with each one taking it in turns to keep watch. However, in the morning, Iran wakes Tilk, and Ishta is gone! She rushed off to help any of her people who may yet be alive in that tent, but in the process she got herself captured by Moloch himself. Moloch takes her to the summit tent to torture and interrogate her. Mostly just torture her, but a yeah. little bit interrogate. Sure. Teal'c is convinced that one of the rebel Jaffa betrayed Ishta and her people, and he decides that he cannot trust Iran, and he shoots him in the back with a Zetnikatel. Mm. And then he takes off with the other Jaffa's staff weapon. So, l- later, we have now developed a plan. The SGC will send a UAV through the gate and airdrop some nice, fresh tertonin for Teal'c. Yep. And then, the UAV will circle back and paint the targets near the gate so that the missiles can lock onto their targets and blow up all of the bad guys there. Yes. Meanwhile, on the base, all the Hocktail Warriors, along with Karen and Ryak, as well as Daniel, he's there too, they're all yelling, demanding something be done! Braytac settles the dispute and sends them all away, reminding them that, that when they are needed, they will be called upon. Spoiler alert, we won't need them. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Anyway, the Jaffa guarding the gate are able to shoot the UAV out of the sky. <laughs> so much for that plan. Fortunately, the UAV crash landed only a couple of clicks from Tilk, so he is able to get there. He gets... He's getting weak because he's been without tritonin for like 24 hours now. Yeah. Um, But he powers through because he's jilk. Just as he gets to the downed UAV and collects the medicine, he is surrounded by Jaffa. Oh, no. What's he going to do? He's going to try to fight his way through, but he's really too weak to do that. Fortunately, Iran is actually loyal to the rebel cause and he comes in, saves the day. He Hooray! ambushes the Jaffa and around Teal'c and the two are able to dispatch the enemies like only heroes in a TV adventure show can do. Yes. Teal'c thanks Aran and gives him another task. Task, take this laser pointer and use it to guide the missiles from the SGC to blow up the bad guys guarding the gate. And while Aaron does that, Tilk will go and rescue Ishta. Yes. Tilk fights his way to the tent. You know, by, by taking two staff weapons that are pointed in opposite directions and, and connecting them together with, with zip ties and yeah. he's blasting people left and right because it's cool. It's It was something. Uh, he discovers that Ishta is very weak and in the hands of Moloch's first prime. The first prime warns that even a single shot from the Zat gun will kill Ishta, but she tells Teal'c to fire anyway. He does and then he quickly dispatches his foe with the knuckles to the face. And then he grabs hold of Ishtar to help her. She is weak, but she was able to take some of her own tritonin recovered from her bag, which was on the ground of the tent where this torturing stuff was taking place. Yep. Ishtar wants to know if Moloch is dead. Tilk helps her to her feet so they can go check it out. Meanwhile, Iran manages to shoot his laser pointer at Moloch's chest, who by this point is at the gate. The missiles do their job and kill Moloch and a bunch of other bad guys jaffa, and the day is saved. Hooray! Hooray! Back at the SGC, Ryak and Karen actually get married. They give their vows. Karen says something like, "I honor you and respect you as my husband." And Ryak says something like, "Gosh, you're hot." <laughs> ah!
0: You, you are a magnificent and mighty warrior of great character and wonderful strength. And you are like the (laughs) sunshine.
1: (sighs) Unfortunately, Ball has already absorbed Moloch's territory. And the destruction of one Ghoul has only opened the door to an even more powerful ghoul taking his place. Mm -hmm. everyone goes back to their respective home and life goes on the end. The end. So Brent. Yeah. Sacrifices. Uh Uh-huh. Tell me about your experience of these sacrifices.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm super duper glad that you told me that this episode was intended to be a lot more comedic because as a comedy, this thing makes way more sense than what I got. Like, I was watching this thing and I was just marveling at how much I did not care. And part of me was wondering if that was because like I was feeling like I had kind of like lost the plot in a manner of speaking. The uh you know, the story of the Ishta um was not that long ago in the cinematic universe aspect, but it was a while ago for you and me to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um and the uh, just parts about the story that just didn't really seem to click and flow. And I, and I, and it was like, I just was having this hard time really getting invested in the situation. And it was, it was made worse by distracting moments. And I can't remember them exactly, but it was just like these things that just seemed kind of out of place or, or a little bit um, like, you know, it's just sort of out of sync with the vibe. Now with hindsight, Realizing that the script was originally written to be lighthearted, lighthearted and comedic, <clears throat> I'm wondering if some of those moments, which by virtue of the music and the pacing and the way that people were staring at each other, was meant to be a bit more stern or serious. I'm wondering if those moments were actually designed to be a little bit humorous, but now the context is all screwed up, and so I'm like watching it, going like, "What? What is going on?" Um, you know, like I-, I guess one quick example would be like the horses. Like if I'm looking at it from the point of view of a comedy, then horses in the SGC are hilarious. Like yep, I saw a horse yep. coming down a ramp and I'm like, wow, what is a horse <laughs> doing here? And like, you know, the, the, the horse in the hallway gag where, you know, Richard Dean Anderson has to like navigate around a big old horse honk haunch, Like that was, that was funny. And it was meant to be funny in that moment for sure. But there was just kind of something about it that in the scope of a dramatic episode just wasn't working it just it just didn't feel authentic or it didn't feel genuine or it felt it felt trite you know what i mean like it was just, it was in the wrong it was the wrong energy and so like i'm watching this thing and it's just going on and on and on and then there's this like this story this understory of like men and women respecting each other uh, there's the there's the part about where where um where tilk and ishta are like I said earlier, the Ishta, sorry. Well, who are the, people? what are the people's, uh, the Hatak? No, that's the vessel. The Haktil. There's too many things. Anyway, Tealk and Ishta are talking about, you know, their own things of like, do you respect me or not? And like that, that conversation was not really satisfying. And then there was the engagement that, yeah, well, technically, but I just mean to say that the the moment between Ryak and uh, Bride, I can't remember her name. Corinne, thank you. Like that, that, that scene of the wedding was it actually supposed to be an actual ceremony at the first? Like this is why you practice anyway. Like no, that whole. Scene. I, I'm
1: pretty sure that the first scene when they get in the argument was yeah. actually a rehearsal.
0: A rehearsal, yeah, got it.
1: Um, <laughs> you see, if I'm thinking about it like
0: a comedy, I'm la- like, that's funny. That was funny. It was it was tense, and it was supposed to be tense. But if it was if it was humorous, if it's a couple of kids acting a little bit silly, like you know, like then at least it's the tension breaks a little bit. But if it's actually meant to be taken seriously, well, then we've got ourselves a real meaningful discrepancy between two people who probably shouldn't get married, (laughs) and yet they still do. And so it's like "Mm, I'm not sure about this one. Um, and then there was also kind of like that attribute of like. Calling the kettle black a little bit where, where Tilk was yeah, I, I not I, I couldn't quite understand what Tilk was actually trying to say that Ryak shouldn't get married. Tilk got married. Like was Tilk trying to say I did and it was a mistake? Because that's no, a damn, so that.
1: so here here's Tilk's argument on that. Yeah. Um Teal'c has pledged himself to fight for Jaffa freedom. And as part of that, he had to say goodbye to his family. Not that it was a mistake to get married and all that stuff, but he had to say goodbye to his family. And he believes that since Ryak has pledged his life to the Jaffa Rebellion, him getting married at such a young age is a mistake because then um, he's going to just end up having to say uh, goodbye to his wife and and oh. leave her like he had to leave um, Dreyak.
0: Yeah, 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 gotcha,
1: gotcha. I mean, that, okay. that's his argument. Whether it's clearly conveyed is arguable.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was clearly conveyed. Thank you for spelling it out. Um, and yeah, so, you know, overall, what did I think about this episode? I I, I definitely thought it was weaker for sure. Until uh, until so you told me that it was, a, it was supposed to be a comedy and it still doesn't make it better, but it does at least start to make things, things make more sense. Um, you know, it's not though, it's, 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 it's drama. And so as a result, it just felt like it was, it had this weird, like timbre to it. I mean, it just, it just didn't quite work. And so as a result, the storytelling felt really stilted, um, like, Uh, You know, one thing happened and the next thing happened and none of these things were necessarily disjointed from one another, but on the same token, like it, it flowed in a very, in a similar way, I think that I was criticizing a previous episode recently about how it felt like I was watching or reading an an encyclopedia uh, article about it. Mm. Not quite Mm -hmm. to the same degree in this one, but I didn't, I didn't feel that emotional tug to care for the plight of the characters on the screen. Like almost at any point, um, you know, I-, I thought it was also interesting to me how Jolene Blaylock was it, like I I could see a whole lot of of T'Pol coming through. Like uh-huh. I don't know if that's because I spent way too much time watching her as T'Pol. This is a long time ago, though. Um, oh,
1: you could put a pin in that. I got okay. thoughts on that. Um,
0: you know, when she was expressing emotion, it worked, kind of. She was doing an awful lot of it through her eyebrows. Um. But like you know, she kind of has this like this this stoic aspect, which is all right. Like that's okay. And frankly, if this were a comedy, having that stoicism would have been hilarious. Like you would have been able to have her react in way it, to, to silly things, you know, to, to to things that are making us go, oh wow, that's that's awful, that's awkward, and have her just stay stone faced and be all like, you know, like like a strong like a strong Jaffa warrior. And it would have been very funny and it would have worked really well, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't. It didn't. And so as a result, it's just like, "Mm Um, apparently she cares, but it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, she's she's yelling a lot. She's yelling a lot, but uh, I don't know. I'm not really buying it. I don't know. So, yeah, overall, I'm feeling kind of like this episode happened. I'm not (laughs) I'm not sure like. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean, it's definitely not very, very, very positive. It's not terribly negative, but it's like, all right, this occurred. What about yeah. you?
1: What do you think? Uh, I'm, I think I'm in the same boat that you're in. Yeah. Um, this episode occurred. It happened. Yeah. It, it, it's there. Um, so this isn't. So I I'd only ever seen Jolene Blaylock play T'Pol. Yeah. And Ishta. And I don't like her acting. I mean, it works as to Paul. I, I think. I, I think it works as to Paul. Um, but I mean, ever since we first saw Jolene Blaylock as Ishta in whatever the episode that was, we've seen her in three yep. or four episodes now. Um, I I don't buy it. It just doesn't work for me. Sure. And the chemistry between her and christopher judge and then the characters ishta and and Tealc, they like each other because the script says that they like each other right <laughs>
0: which is a thing we've said before Yes. Like, yeah
1: and, and and just and so like every time they sit there and have a conversation i have to just say right uh i just need to trust that that he actually likes this character and she likes him sure but it just yeah so that that's my first thought is that i i i i don't see like for me when right. when ishta gets angry uh particularly angry um or emotional i i see an actor who is trying to pretend to be emotional yeah not a character who is being emotional yeah yeah um and that takes me out of the story um i i i, I believe that ishta is passionate about killing Mulloch. yep but i believe that because that's what the story tells me to believe right. not because that's what is actually shown. Um, and then this is kind of the, the story of two episodes that are, are certainly related. Uh, we've got the wedding. Yeah. And we've got the Jaffa uh, rebels stuff yeah. going on. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I can see what they're doing with the Jaffa rebels stuff. But I think that I would actually have preferred to see more of the wedding stuff and really played up the humor and the insanity sure. of that. Um, and as it turns out, we didn't get enough of either to really tell a good story. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I, do th- I did not realize that Iran was played by Jeff Judge. Yeah, neither did um, I. And learning that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Cool. I, you know, I mean, I it would be, it was cool to see them work together and act like that, you know. Um, and that's as far as that goes. Yep. Moloch was a bad guy that uh, was perfectly good to show up for a moment and then get killed. Yeah. And I'm glad because this guy who was supposed to be very fierce, and I don't think we've actually seen him before now. No, I don't we've think We've just so heard either. about him. Yeah. And... um. You're telling me that Ishta couldn't have taken him out earlier than this in the same way that you are that we are
0: yeah, I agree, um, but in the same way that we are told that Teal and Ishta love each other <laughs> we are told that yep. uh, Malik is fearsome
1: yeah, um, and I think it comes down to um it's storytelling, right, like Malik is a two dimensional character, yeah um. And he's a two-dimensional character because he's on screen for, what, up to five minutes? Probably not even oh, yeah. that long. Yeah, yeah, it's very right? short. Yep. Um, but a villain, if he's only going to be a two-dimensional character, then give him one attribute and play that up to 11. Sure. And I, I don't feel we got that. No, we got,
0: yeah. Yeah
1: you know we we got we got a guy who is the leader of you know he's a guuwuld he's ostensibly a powerful guuwuld sure um and he comes in there and he is upset with ishta and he tortures her um and that, that's it that that's the and you once know. again
0: we end up with like another example of a guuwuld system lord well a guuwuld who is acting like a complete idiot like He's waiting for her in the tent that they shot up as opposed to I don't know somewhere
1: else like the the Hatak vessel he has in I'm space sure.
0: the the a different a different place entirely that they can gate to like why, why is it's it's reminding me of all those early episodes where um Apophis was like walking around in the woods with like <laughs> with like two bodyguards <laughs> like, Here's our big plan. here's our Here's our chance to finally get apophis. He's walking on a trail <laughs> yeah, uh, here's our chance to get Mo- and it kind of played out it not only did it play out at the end, but also it played out kind of in the middles, right? Like or you know, maybe back two thirds. Didn't Teal'c say something to or mm, maybe it was Ishta who said something to the effect of like, like, we got to kill Molley right now. um,
1: right? This Ishta like, was all about we have to kill him right now. Yeah, uh, and and she's been like that from the very beginning. I mean, yeah, so that's but, a consistent character trait.
0: For yeah, her. yeah, a hundred percent. But like you know, in that same vein that you were kind of observing of how, um, well, maybe it's the vein that you're observing, but it was like the convenience of having the system lord right there on your feet, type of a thing. Yeah, and you know, and indeed we did kill him right now with a with a missile. Um, right, he's here and he's gone. So
1: yeah, um, it, it and and the fact that the last scene, I mean, you know, the the. The last story point is is the actual wedding. Yeah. Um, the to me it feels like, and we get this from that original title, "My Big Fat Jaffa Wedding." Yeah. Um, that this that, that what judge was trying to do was tell the story of, uh, riot getting married. Yeah. And something happened. Whether that was. Christopher Judge, whether that was other writers, um, I don't know. I don't know where it came from, uh, but we lost too much of the comedic qualities of that for a story in the woods in in you know the Pacific Northwest, right? Um, where we're going to kill another Guawuld. which um, makes sense to, but, that- but 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 then then that's yeah.
0: I think you could have had a story, and this might have been what Chris Judge was going for. You might have had a story uh showing um well, I mean, yeah, I, it's been a very long time since I've seen my Big Fat Greek wedding, but isn't there like wasn't there a part of that story which was all about like changing norms? Um, and so, you know, in that regard, you could have a story about Jaffa changing norms. And but it kind of turned sort of cringy in a manner. Yeah. Uh, where instead of, uh, instead of Ryak being humorously, uh, wedded uh-huh, to old, um, uh, old traditions that of course benefit him, um, you have him be kind of like, almost not like weirdly w- like attached to it, but it, it diminished him. He, he was like, well, what do you mean? You're not going to kneel down before me. Like, it's like, yeah, eh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and
1: you do get that that hint of a maybe we should change the traditions at yeah. the very end when right. when Teilk is telling his son just make sure the knife is really sharp. Yes. Uh, well, oh, maybe we'll just skip some traditions. Yeah. Um. Ha 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 ha. And you know whatever that was, okay, it probably was worthwhile to skip. Um, but you know what else <laughs> is also worthwhile skipping. Having your vows saying, gosh, you're hot.
0: Wow. I know. I
1: know. That
0: was such a, I mean. (laughs) And again, you know, imagine this was a comedy. It wouldn't have been that. It it, it would have been an early 2000s joke for dang sure. Yeah. But, you know, like if it was a comedy, having him say, gosh, you're hot would have been funny. Yeah.
1: Funny. I mean, I mean, it might be cringe worthy. You know, I have to keep in. I have to remind myself that. Just because um the the jaffa ha- the Jaffa have a very patriarchal society yes, and while I personally am not in favor of a patriarchal society, um I need to recognize that um we're not talking about my culture, we're talking about a different culture that's right um and so. Even if that may be cringy to me, I, I need to recognize it as a different culture, right and And then I got to figure out how does this different culture speak to me and how is it portrayed and all of that stuff? It just I, it, yeah, yeah. I, I i want I want to forgive it, and I, I have a hard time doing so
0: I mean, I don't think that you necessarily have to forgive it. I think that the past I think that you can be forgiven for not forgiving it because it, its tone got changed. Yeah. Like, that's why I said when you read that, that this was supposed to be a comedy, and I was like, stick a pin in that, because that matters, right? If you are writing X, you make a whole lot of choices that do not work in genre Y. And, like, so switching it, suddenly an awful lot of these weird aspects of this particular episode suddenly make way more sense. It's like, oh, they they... They weren't trying to make it this giant, like, eyebrow, like, uh, alternating between, like, eye glazing and eyebrow <laughs> raising. Like, that was where I was. On one part, of am like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then another part, I'm like, whoa, ugh. You're going there with this? Okay. And then, okay, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Things are happening. Oh, hey, look. He's not a bad guy. Okay. Hey, he's running down the thing. I was, when I saw the, the staff, the two-ended sta- two staff thing scene at mm-hmm. first, I thought that was super rad. And then I realized it was two sticks zip tied and i was like oh that's less <laughs> rad <laughs> i wanted yeah. it to be something like you know like fabricated like like a new weapon <laughs> you know like the double-ended lightsaber oh, from sure, the sure. return of the Cl- or whatever no for the phantom menace yeah yeah
1: oh, anyway well i don't know i i don't really have much more to say about this episode to nah, me do I. when it's all said and done <laughs> it's just kind of a it's there it's there. Um, so then uh, I'll shift gears and I'll ask you um, for this episode that is just simply there. Yep. Uh, it needs a Chevron rating. And yeah. there is only one person who can give your Chevron rating. And that's, that's you. true. It's me. It's you. It's me. Uh, and that is not just there. This is exciting.
0: This is exciting. Oh, how many Chevrons is Brent going to give it? Yes. Let's find out. <laughs> All right. Should give I give you a drum roll? I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not even sure Brett knows. Um, so, <laughs>
1: Zach doesn't know for sure either.
0: <laughs> so um, this episode happened. It wasn't it wasn't awful, but it wasn't good. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to give it a three, but I literally was kind of like, you know, almost willing to give it a four because of that. You know, that knowledge that it was supposed to be comedic, like, it, like just that knowledge alone almost makes this one, you know, makes me want to watch it again, but watch it as if I'm trying to watch a comedy just so I can see what, you know, where the beats were supposed to be like. Right. And, and in that regard, that might have been actually kind of fun to sort of de- 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 deconstruct it and try to reconstruct it as a co- uh, as a comedic episode. Um, I mean, like, like even the laser pointer thing at the end where he's flicking it off. That, that was funny. Like that was supposed to be humorous. Um Anyway, yeah, three out of seven. It just it 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 came, it went. I do. I, how much more ishta do I have to deal with? I'm not sure if I want more ishta or not. Um,
1: okay, so I can answer that question if you yeah. want the answer.
0: Uh, no, keep it secret because that's the point. Um, but uh, <laughs> if the answer is no more ishta, I'm gonna forget <laughs> that ishta <laughs> happened until much later. I'm like, oh right, <laughs> where's ishta? <laughs> I haven't seen her in like three seasons. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, so it's three out of seven for me. What about you? How many do you give it?
1: Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to also give it a three out of seven. Yeah. Um, it's an episode, uh, you, you know, I, I don't think rewatching this episode in light of it being a comedy and trying to see it as a comedy <laughs> is going to actually save this episode. Um, okay. <laughs> that's, that's me. Yeah. Um, Uh, I think that it's possible that this episode could have been redone, um, and really highlighting the comedy more, but the kind of like the, 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 you know, like the, the, the wedding rehearsal was supposed to be funny. Yeah. And it just was cringeworthy. Yeah. Um. And, you know, so something else needed to be there to help me recognize that I'm supposed to laugh at this silliness. Right. Uh, and it wasn't there. Um, so I don't think rewatching is going to help that. So, but it, it's, it's not horrid. Right. So it's just kind of there. Three. It's just there. Three out of seven. Three out of seven. All right. It is time now for predictions. Yeah. Because we have comments on the Facebooks.
0: Yes. I'm looking forward to this.
1: I got to find them. All right. Here we go. Um, doo-doo-doo. All right. We have JD. Hi, JD. JD says, so real talk. Uh-huh. I've never cared about Ryac. So <laughs> when there was a whole B plot surrounding the silliest marriage day argument ever, <laughs> I checked out. this is probably the worst episode of this season. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. It's an alignment. I think Brett will give it a bit higher at a three.
0: Oh yes. Yes.
1: Zach will go with a 2.5 in Uh typical WTTS fashion. Uh (laughs) They'll probably both give it sixes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I found it a fascinating conversation about the ethics of Whether or not to storm a castle. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that.
1: There was Um, no castle. So, so J.D., uh, we were much more in line with where you are than where often you have seen an episode as really good and we've panned it and vice versa. And this one, we are more or less in agreement. Um, It is worthwhile that Rowan responds to J.D. with... I trust them to see this episode for the hot garbage it is. (laughs) Uh, Adrian says, oh, no, not this one.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. Apparently we're not. We're not in disagreement with the general consensus.
1: Okay. we have Kevin. Yeah. Kevin says the Jaffa episodes are garbage. Ryak is garbage. Corinne is especially garbage. This whole episode is a huge, stinking piece of garbage. Oh, uh, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. Didn't see you there. Come on in. Have a seat.
0: Did you take some notes?
1: Uh, I just saying it. So, as you might have guessed, I'm not a fan of this episode. As I was sitting there wallowing in my own chaotic, insecure delusions, someone might get that reference. Uh, I wrote a few notes. I don't get that reference, but that's okay. Hopefully somebody did. Oh, somebody does, I'm sure. Number one, I have been betrayed by those I trust the most is exactly how I feel when I watch this episode. (laughs) Oh, my. Number two, Braytac's attitude towards Ryak uh, wanting to get married matches my attitude toward this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Number three. Every time this episode comes up, I wish they had let him bite his little poison-filled teeth to release the gas. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow! That's, that's pretty tough. <laughs> okay. Number four. I've been working on a joke. A horse walks into a secret military underground base. And stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh-huh. 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 Number five. Kneeling before your husband during a marriage ceremony is no more archaic than a man getting down on one knee while proposing. Yeah, okay. Power. Uh, Power dynamics matter. Uh, yeah. Number six. As Zach mentioned earlier, <laughs> a special appearance by Jeff Judge, Christopher Judge's brother, as yeah. the Jaffa Aran. Yep. Yeah, look at that. I would rather watch Emancipation in, than this episode again. Wow! Wow!
0: Whoa! <laughs> that's some strong feels right there.
1: Them some strong feels. I predict a two from each of you. Very and close. That's being generous. Although uh, yeah. <laughs> next week we'll be in the Pegasus Galaxy. It's only one week later that that we will that we will be back back home. Okay, so only one week later we'll be back home. Okay, uh, in the Pegasus Galaxy. Uh huh. Okay. See you then. Hopefully with something better than this. Uh huh. There you go. Thanks. Uh, we have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Tilk's baby boy is all grown up and ready to get married. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tilk's not feeling it, however. He's only 105, not old enough to be a grandpa yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously, though, why is he so worried about Ryak maybe getting hitched at the wrong with to the wrong girl? Wasn't he saying just the other week that the Jaffa have easy, no-fault divorce? Right. Yeah, Ishta is back, too, but there's trouble in paradise. He, her totally heterosexual Amazon warrior society is in danger <laughs> of div- discovery by Moloch. <laughs> uh-huh. Is it okay if they crash at the SGC for a bit? There are only a couple hundred of them, plus some livestock. You'll hardly right. they notice they're here. Horses are apparently totally chill about gate travel. (laughs) Uh, I that one was just the the sauntered right on down that. Yes. (laughs) Yep. 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 Uh, They continue. It's time for a wedding at the SGC. These kids, crazy kids aren't willing to wait a few days for Carter to find them a new planet or even long enough to discuss the vows ahead of time. Nope. (laughs) Corinne's not hot on the Jaffa equivalent of love, honor and obey. Right. Which comes as a total shock to Ryak, who must have just met her yesterday.
0: I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that also would make sense if he just met her yesterday.
1: Yeah. Uh, they continue. Look, I love Jolene Blaylock, and I love the idea of a society of warrior women able to hold their own against the world. Sure. I- With respect, I'm not a huge Jolene Blaylock fan, but... The idea of a society of women warriors, warrior women, uh, you know, yes. Anyway, uh, but that's all it is—an idea. Mm-hmm. The episode utterly fails to deliver any such thing. There's some lip service to feminist ideals at the start, which means right. this episode probably manages the rare achievement of annoying both feminists and anti-feminists. Good job, team. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but ultimately, none of the highly trained warrior women even get to join in the fight against their oppressors. And Ishta herself is relegated to a damsel in distress as Tilk, Braytek, and O'Neill step in to do all the necessary day saving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I noticed that. Yep. There's never any conversation between Tilk and Ryak to resolve their differences before the wedding, nor even between Ryak and his betrothed. Neither of the newlyweds take any part in the uprising or learn important lessons about sacrifices. Maybe the episode title refers to the goat that didn't get. Saved. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's just suddenly fine and dandy. Once the brave boys of the SGC take out the forgettable the depressing Ista's people. You're welcome, ladies. There's no emotional payoff. Just a lot of stilted nope. melodramatic dialogue rounded off with. Was that a circumcision joke? Yeah, sure was. Yeah. (laughs) What was even the point of any of this? I trust Brent and Zach to share my disappointment. Let's say a two from Zach, but Brent will be especially grumpy and give it a one. (laughs) Not quite.
0: Not quite. It was was the comedy. It was it was it was realizing I was supposed to be watching a comedy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I, I could definitely go with a two, but I'll stick with my three. Uh, This episode has an IMDb rating of 6.7, which is 2.5 chevrons, putting it in the bottom 10% of Stargate episodes overall.
0: Wow. Woof. (laughs) Maybe they sacrificed a number of their audience. Maybe that's why it's called sacrifices.
1: All right. And then we have Sean. Hi, Sean. Uh, I phased out during the first half and barely remember the second half typing this a few days later. I don't even know if it deserves a chevron. It's a manual dial, but the gate is frozen in Antarctica and won't spin. But it has to spin. It's round. I want it to spin now. Uh, not today, sorry. Two from Brenton, two point five from Zach.
0: Yep, very close.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, those are uh, those are the Facebooks.
0: All right, I got some. Uh, got some things on Discord.
1: All right, hits up with the discords. We got. Uh, we got Jen. Hi, Jen.
0: Hi, Jen. This one is a tad bit longer. I hope you don't mind. Go for it. It's not that long. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Ishta and the Haktil are back in town, or better, in the SGC. Threatened by Moloch, they need to relocate to a new planet ASAP, and Jack joyfully invites all the women, children, and horses for a nice stayover until they can move to their new home. Much to Jill's chagrin, Ryak also found his way into the hearts of one of the Haktil. He's in love and wants to marry Kareen, to whom... He apparently had never talked to before. <laughs> <laughs> There's no blessing the union on Teal'c's part, and he passively aggressively lets out all his anger on Jack in a game of table tennis. <laughs> Jack has it all. Amazon-like women playing children and horses strutting through the corridors. And to top his excitement, he's also going to host a wedding. Lucky bastard. Sark. Sarkis <laughs> I don't know what that is. Anyway, carrying on. It's one. I wonder if Jen just got me to swear. Uh, (laughs) It's one of those episodes that just totally embraced all the cliches imaginable and threw them all together into one nasty episode. The writers tried again to introduce feminist topics and they they fell flat on their faces with it. They just uh, they don't seem to have learned from emancipation Shudders. At least the episode moves along a certain plot point, like the Jaffa Rebellion, and Teal'c even remembers that he has a girlfriend off-world, unlike a few episodes ago. Looking at you, (laughs) Teal'c. Also, why the hell did Ishta have to be a damsel in distress? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All in all, I felt some serious secondhand embarrassment after watching this episode. Why didn't the producers employ more female writers to explore feminist ideas in the early 2000s? Ding, 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 ding. Uh, The dings are mine. 2.5 out of 7 (laughs) for me, for Brent and Zach. Brent will for sure get hung up on some of the aspects mentioned beforehand, which will tank his experience to a 2 out of 7. Close. Zach will be slightly more forgiving, and he appreciates to see Ryak all grown up, which you did. 2.5 out of 7 from Zach. Very, very close. Very close. All right. And then we have another person who I can't remember who this is. Handle is Grammarbee. Uh so sorry, Grammarbee, I can't remember what your what your name is. Actually, hello, Grammarbee.
1: Um Hi, Grammarbee. Uh a is now, new listener, though. A relatively I mean new listener.
0: Oh, and I'm totally mispronouncing it. It's it's it looks like it's b Like okay. as Grammarly, but b Whatever. Now that I'm caught up with the pod, I and can start doing this, I don't have time to watch the show. <laughs> So all predictions, if I can make them, will be from memory. Because like Zach, I have watched the entire series several times, though it has been a couple of years. I remember this episode being terrible, but history has shown that terrible makes for good discussions. So three and a half from Zach. Mm -hmm. Very close. Very close. And three from Brent. Right on the money. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Though I would only give it a two personally. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. And that ends the predictions on
1: Discord. All right. And we do have a couple of emails, so let's sure. get those. The first okay. one is Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Greetings, she says. So the dude bros running the Jaffa Rebellion have forgotten that Moloch is killing all female Jaffa born in his realm. Ishta is justifiably frustrated with the lack of intersectionality in the Jaffa uh-huh. Rebellion. Uh-huh. And the Jaffa Rebellion leadership and wants to stop Moloch from killing more women. And then this episode gets consumed in forced interpersonal drama. Forced drama is where the conflict is caused by people not talking. So forced drama is where the conflict is caused by people not talking to each other. Uh So when the audience gets their happy heteronormative end, there's no emotional payoff. Right. Yep. I think this episode could have been great. When refashioning society originally built on your oppression, which traditions and practices do you preserve and which do you sacrifice? Yep. Unfortunately, what this episode sacrifices is the ability for women to be competent and active participants in their own lives, Mm -hmm. much less be involved in leadership of the rebellion as a whole. Brett gives it two and Zach also a two. Very close. Yep. Um, I'm beginning to feel that, that I was probably not even as harsh as I should have been. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm going to stand by up. my three for yeah. now. But all these twos that are tossed out there, I'm, I, I get it. I mean, again, like part
0: of me wants to rewatch it like an MST3K type situation and just try to find the... I know what you were saying that you, you couldn't even justify doing that. but like, I,
1: mean, I mean, you know, if, if you get riff tracks in there and, and start riffing on it, then, then that could be funny. But then it's not funny because it's funny. It's funny because they make it funny.
0: Yeah. This episode is not funny because it's funny. But some of the things make more sense if they were trying
1: to be. I said it. I already said my piece. Carry on. All right. All right. So finally, we have David. Hi, David. David has wedding bells in the Chevron encoding bias buffer. Oh, yes. Yes. Who let Christopher Judge into the writer's room again? <laughs> oh, well, it happened and the plot advanced a bit. One more Google down and ball grows stronger. Yep. Brent, a generous three chevrons, ah. but Ooh. only because we finally got a Google in the show again, even if it was only for a moment. Yep. Zach, a disappointed three chevrons because Ooh. of the wasted potential that could have been any other story. But. And that is an exact prediction of our perfect. ratings. David, you get a doop 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 doop. Congratulations David on your
0: doop I think our doop doos th- are evolving over time.
1: <sighs> well, you know, it's like anything. It gets it changes as it time
0: get, moves forward. It might get sentient here before too long.
1: Well, you know, if our doos start giving their own opinions, then we might have problems. <laughs> so, doos, how many chevrons do you give this episode? <laughs> Good, <Sorry>. answer. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer, dupedoos. Oh, boy. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for your yeah, predictions. I appreciate that. Uh, Brent. Yes. Our next episode is a Stargate Atlantis episode. We're going back to the Pegasus Galaxy. Yeah. And the episode is entitled Home. Home. Okay. So I ask you, what is home about?
0: Oh, man. D-d-d- Kevin did it again. Um, I was like, going home?
1: What, what is that
0: about? Uh, home. Let's see here. Um... Next time on Stargate Atlantis! The Atlantis friends are once again on a journey to find themselves more resources. We still haven't solved that conundrum, don't you know? Have you ever noticed how often I use the word conundrum in these episodes-these uh these these synopses? No, these promos that I do. Hmm, yes. Apparently, my little voice likes to say conundrum. Anyway.
1: Quite a conundrum in itself.
0: That stalling for time did nothing for my creative juices.
1: I'm trying to help you, Brent. Oh, it's but not you're working. Not... Sorry, that's I'll, I'll yeah, okay. All right, all right, okay. So anyway, so they're trying to
0: find yet more resources. Mm, yes, and so off they travel. Now this time, though, we'll see here. We've gone to a place where there are farmers that pretend to be farmers but are actually secret miners. Very sophisticated miners at that. Not miners as in children, but miners as in people who mine. And then let's see where else have we gone? We've 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 discovered that there's a there's a big old continent on our on our planet, and we've put all the un, unmentionables there. Yes, quite a <laughs> quite a quite an elegant solution. Yes, and uh, let's see here. We have uh, uh, oh yes, that one planet where the people came up with the concoction that is going to potentially save all of us, or will kill half of us. Yes, yes, quite right, quite right. So. Maybe in this one, I'm not going to go for the obvious. We're not going to go home. You see, that'd be too easy. No. We're going to go to a place that looks... Oh, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go to a planet that looks an awful lot like the Pacific Northwest. Yes. But worse than that. Do you remember that episode in Battlestar Galactica? Smiled. Spoilers. It looked like Earth, but it wasn't. Not going to tell you when that happens, though. Ah. Um. Actually, that was kind of a big one. Never mind. Uh, so we're going to go to a planet and they're going to go, wait a minute. Have we arrived back on Earth? Look, they're calling this place San Francisco. And it has a big old hill. several of them. And a big pointy tower. Yes, and a bay. This looks exactly like the bridge. This is precisely the same. What's well, over here? New York City. Look Nuclear at that. Nuclear vessels. Nuclear vessels in San Francisco. Uh, they go to... Yes, pa- uh, no, I can't remember where they go. Sausalito? Is that where they went? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I
1: can't remember.
0: Catch recall. But now that they discover is that they has gone something sinister. Indeed, something peculiar. I think that this promo has lasted longer than the actual promo by a long shot. (laughs) So, (laughs) what could possibly have caused them to go to a place that looks like home, but isn't home? Do you remember that quantum mirror? Mm? Join us next time on Stargate Atlantis, where we discover that we aren't in fact actually home.
1: Well, okay.
0: Yeah. Um... That was back fascinating. To that, that prop, that prop that, uh, that we did something really fun with and then didn't do anything with again.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, we, we did a couple of things with the quantum mirror.
0: Did we do a second thing? What was the second thing?
1: Um, so, A, Daniel Jackson went through the quantum mirror.
0: Yes, that's thing one.
1: That's thing one. And later on, we got a different uh, Kowalski and Carter coming through the quantum mirror that's to our place.
0: right. I remember that. Yep, we did do two things.
1: And then I think that after that one, they decided that this was dangerous and they destroyed the mirror. Yes, but
0: the mirror has a mirror. Oh. (laughs) Two mirrors (laughs) in one
1: universe?
0: That's the problem. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shall we watch the actual promo? Yes. Yes, please. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I am hitting play now.
0: Next time on Stargate Atlantis. On a deserted planet, an amazing discovery is made. When the
1: wormhole connected, there was a wild fluctuation in the energy field. But it, it, If I'm reading the numbers right, it looks like the, the, the gate has actually drawn power from the atmosphere. Enough to open a wormhole right oh, on Earth. The return Earth provides unexpected changes. Welcome back to Earth. It's Don Davis! Hi, Don Davis. We don't think the ZPM has enough power to open the room. Well, you wouldn't know that from this, would you? This might as well say, bing, tittle, tittle, bong. It was complete gibberish.
0: What the intelligence okay. you brought us concerning the ray that's been decided that the Atlantic's
1: presence should be ignored. I'm being transferred. Congratulations.
0: Hey, no, I'm not buying this anymore. Who are you, really? Yeah, who are you, really? What do you mean? That's right. It's all next time on stardate oh, oh, Atlantis. Oh, guns, and guns.
1: That's a great Explain combination. Explain to me what the hell is going on here.
0: Quantum Mirror. Quata mirror. Do, do, do,
1: do, do. <laughs> it could be. It, it could be. Ah, oh, well. Thank you, Let's david for the promo. Yes, we'll find out you. next week what uh, this episode is, in fact, all about. Thank you very much, uh, all y'all, for listening. Thank you very yes, much for you. your predictions. Yep. Thanks for hanging out on the discords. So if you want, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate.gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts on our thoughts and where we missed things and got things wrong uh, or right or whatever it is. <laughs> Why know?
0: we gave it one more Chevron than it deserved.
1: There, the, you know, there you go. <laughs> um, so whatever it is that, that that you want, you can email us and talk to us. And, and, and uh, we read those emails. I promise we read we them. We do. Uh, I'm not always good at responding but I'm really good at reading yes um, that's because I'm not good with social media but that's <laughs> the point in any case
0: it's been our confession for the past four years four, four, year, and a half.
1: F- four and a half yeah it's been a while now uh, yeah four and a half in any case I say I'm Zach and I'm Brent and this has been Walking Through the Stargate see you next time
0: bye Carter dial it up get these people home